Welcome to 24-Hour Expert. You'll enjoy this podcast if you're someone who likes learning about different topics or just enjoys a good old fun fact. I'm Allie. And I'm Dan. Each week, we challenge each other to become an expert on a random topic in just 24 hours. Now it's time to find out how much we've learned. Okay, recording, and I have spikes (laughs) on mine. I have spikes, too. Hi, Allie. Hi, Dan. I feel like we just did this. I know. I'm having major deja vu. Uh, If anybody wants some little behind the scenes, uh, we just recorded five minutes with the podcast and I didn't record a damn thing on my end. (laughs) (laughs) Just just talking along, not paying any attention. So we had to start over. (laughs) So here we are. It's the magic of podcasting. Yeah, the magic of podcasting. Okay, so tonight's episode is going to be called either origins of popular sayings or maybe popular sayings. I don't know. I We'll figure it out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird because we've already had this conversation. <laughs> I know. So I've, as you probably know, I've been wanting to do this topic for quite some time now. I love sayings, words, the origin of words. Like, I love all of that. Yes, I know. Because I remember you mentioned it. What was it? I'm totally blanking. But one of the episodes we talked about like a couple. Oh, no, it was boxing. Boxing. There was a couple common phrases that came from boxing. And I think you mentioned how you love, you know, to learn where words and sayings come from. So I'm glad you're finally doing this topic. Yeah, it's a passion. Okay, so it's called etymology. Etymology is not to be confused with the study of bugs. I think that's entomology. Yes. That was from the Daylight Saving episode. Yeah, stupid entomologists and golfers. Yeah, ugh. So etymology, it's the study of the origin of words. They have this thing called etymological theory. And basically they say that words originate through a very limited number of ways. And there's three main ways that words originate. Oh, okay. So the first one is language change, and that's when you basically take a word from one language and you apply it to a different language. They also call those loan words. Oh, like you're loaning the word to a new language? Exactly. Yeah. See? Loan word was probably a loan word. There you go. The second way that we get new words is through word formation, and this is basically when you get new words that are created either through derivations of existing words or compounding two words together. Oh, okay. Would this be like slang and stuff or how do we get like slang? Um, I guess slang could come from any of these areas. Okay. Yeah. The third way is automatopoeia. Do you know what that is? Yes. That is um, words for sounds, right? Yes. Yep, also known as sound symbolism. This is when a word sounds like what it is. So you can think of like click or grunt. <laughs> grunt. Okay, we're getting to the part where it's all fresh. <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost there, everyone. It can be really difficult to track the meaning of words over time because what makes sense, you know, maybe 50 years ago, because there was context for how that word or that phrase came. Now there may not be context anymore. So I think of like, okay, we always say we're going to hang up the phone, right? Right. 
you and I both know back in the 90s, we actually had an actual landline phone that was attached to the wall, and you would actually go and hang up the phone when you're done with your call. Yeah, you put hang up the receiver back on the phone. Right. But now, like someone like my nephew, who's you know, 11, 12 years old, never had a landline before, doesn't really have context for that. So he knows hang up the phone means to end a call. But does he know why we say that? Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So etymologists, what they do is they look at the text of the time, they'll look at recordings, and they'll look at all these different data points, and they're able to trace words back to their origins. But it's not always like, for sure, sometimes there's differing opinions on where words or phrases came from. I could see that. Yeah. So tonight, we're going to be talking about some really famous sayings and where they came from. But first, I thought we could play a game. Okay. Is this like what you're going to do like you always do to me? Oh, this is real or not real. And then you didn't actually make up any of them. No, not tonight. (laughs) I'm going to give you the description of how a company got its name. And you have to tell me what the company name is. Okay. This sounds hard, but I will give it my best shot. That's what she said. Okay. First one. (laughs) She did. (laughs) First one. This company got its name from the favorite fruit of its co-founder. Favorite fruit of its co-founder. Oh my God, what are some fruit companies? This one is so painfully obvious. <laughs> Apple? Yes, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I tried starting with the easiest one. Oh, sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have 10 of these. If We'll see if we can get through them all. Okay. This company got its name from the enunciation of the initials of its founders, the Raffle Brothers. The Raffle Brothers? So the Raffle Brothers, T-R-B? Well, you don't have to do the T. Raffle Brothers. So R-B? Uh-huh. <laughs> R-B? Arby's? Yes. Ding, 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 oh. ding. Yes, okay. <laughs> oh my God. When you cut my... out all this dead silence, it's going to sound like I got these answers so fast. It's <laughs> my favorite thing ever. Okay. If you don't get this one right away, we have to end the game. No pressure. This company got its name from the coca leaves and cola nuts used as flavoring in its product. Coca Cola. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Yay. Okay, that was the easiest one. <laughs> This company got its name from combining communications and broadcast. Communication and broadcast. Communications and broadcast. Comcast. Ding, 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 ding. Good job. Yes. All right. This one's a long one. This company got its name from the colloquial name of books given to newly enrolled students at the start of the academic year by the university in the United States which had the intention of helping students to get to know each other better. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> it was so long. Uh, so basically, there was a book with your picture in it, and you'd hand it to other people, and it helped get to know each other, connect people. A yearbook? Yeah, but think of a company name, kind of like that. Company name, a yearbook. Facebook? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, Facebook. Yay! Okay. Okay. This company got its name from accidentally misspelling the word that represents the number of 10 raised to the power of 100. You know, I can't do math. Think of a really big number. A million. 
<laughs> a billion, a trillion. <laughs> a really know. big number. A zillion. Okay, I'll give this one to you. It's Google. Okay, never would have got there. So uh, Google is the number 10 to the 100th power. Okay, well. It's a very big number. <laughs> that's a fun fact that I now know. Okay. Um, this company got its name from the Greek goddess of victory. Greek goddess of, is like, is it Athena? Mm, no. No. Oh, see, I don't know my goddesses. Wear them on your feet. Feet to the shoes. Nike? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yes. Okay. This one's a two-parter. First part. This company got its name from a character in Herman Melville's novel, Moby Dick. It was also derived from the name of a mining camp that was north of Seattle called Starbo. Starbucks? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, last one. This is for all the marbles. Ooh, that might be a saying we need to look up. Oh. Okay, so this company got its name from the dictionary word meaning a short burst of inconsequential information. Twitter? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, Twitter. Yay. All right, so we need to do like the logo quiz. That I could probably do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, would be great for. Yeah, a podcast. What is this logo? <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at some common phrases that we all say and find out where they came from, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. And because we know we have some international listeners, we will also do our best to explain what the thing means in English, just in case it doesn't translate. Good idea. Good idea. And, you know, we're going off what Allie and I know. So if it's different from what someone else in America knows. Yeah. You can email us. And when we get around to the next recap and corrections, we'll add it in. <laughs> we'll fix it. Okay, so the first one is bite the bullet. How would you use bite the bullet? Like if I was putting off getting something done that needed to get done, I'd be like, all right, I just need to bite the bullet and I need to get it done. Yep, exactly. Me too. All right, so the origin of bite the bullet, it's basically back in the day, if a doctor needed to do an operation on you and they didn't have anesthesia, they would ask you as a patient to bite down on a bullet to distract you from whatever pain is going on. The do that the doctor is doing to you. Oh my gosh, that is so weird. I mean, I've heard of them doing that, like giving something for you to bite on, but that's weird that that's where that phrase came from. I mean, it makes sense, like getting an operation without anesthesia, like get it done, the thing you don't want to do, right? Well, let's do it. Okay, so this next one is cat got your tongue. How would you use that one? Um, often for me, no, just kidding. Just when you can't get something out or you don't know what to say, or you're silent on an issue, the cat has your tongue. Like if I'm asking you something and you should have an opinion or you should know the answer, but you're not talking, I'd be like, cat got your tongue. So there are two potential origins. Uh, both of these are awful. So the first one, back in the English Navy, they used to have a whip that was called cat o nine tails <laughs> Oh. And they would flog you, and often that would leave you speechless. So they would say, cat of nine tails, cat got your tongue. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, second one, just as bad. It could be from ancient Egypt where liars' tongues were cut out as punishment and fed to the cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Both of these are horrible. Yeah. Just imagine this next time you go to say any of these, right? Right. I'm not using this one anymore. 
<laughs> okay, this one's super fun. Cat got your tongue. It's the same one. <laughs> this is going to be a great blooper. Yeah. All right, next one. This one's really fun. Raining cats and dogs. Oh, yeah, like when it's pouring outside, there's lots of rain. Exactly. So there's two potential origins for this one, too. The first one is from Norse mythology, where cats would symbolize heavy rains, and dogs were associated with the god of storms, Odin. Oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of a little on the nose, though, right? Like, raining cats and dogs, cats were rain, dogs were storms. Like, I don't know. Two, two on the nose. This other potential option I love. So... In 16th century England, houses had thatched roofs, which meant like animals would sit up there to stay warm or to get warm. Okay. And if it started to rain heavily, this thatch, the roof would get really slippery and the animals would come sliding off the roofs. So it made it look like it was raining cats and dogs. Oh, I like that one better. That's more fun. Yeah, definitely going to use that one instead. Okay, this one, uh, give the cold shoulder. Oh, like when you're mad at somebody or like maybe you don't want to talk to them or interact with them. You kind of just, mm. And for those of you who can't see, I'm showing Dan my shoulder. Yeah, she's looking behind her. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Give the cold shoulder now is rude, but back at the beginning, it was something that was very polite to do. Oh, what? So you'd have guests over to your house. This would be in, I guess, medieval times. So they'd come over to your castle and you'd feed them dinner and you'd do whatever you do at dinner parties in the medieval times, probably have some jousting and drink some ale. But when it was time to leave, you would give all of your guests a cut of a cold shoulder from either like a pig or a cow as a parting gift and also to signal it's time to go home. Oh, okay. Here's your travel meat. Goodbye. <laughs> Here's your travel meat. In your little snacky snack on your way home. Here you go. <laughs> so next time. So one of the reasons we never have people over at our house is because it's hard to get people to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next time we're just going to invite people over and I'm just going to have some Lunchables or some like sliced ham and just like, here you go. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> time to get out of here. Also, let's bring that back. I love that. Like, all right, time to go. Here's your snack. Goodbye. Yeah. Right, yeah, because, you know, sad you have to leave, happy to have a snack. Yeah, exactly. Okay, how about this one, waking up on the wrong side of the bed? Oh, you wake up, like, crabby and in a bad mood. Right, right. Okay, before I tell you the origin, do you sleep on the left side or the right side of the bed? So if we're facing the bed or if I'm laying in the bed? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question, I don't know. Like, if you're standing in my room facing my bed, I'm on the right side. But then if I'm laying in bed, I'm on the left side. Okay. I, we, I sleep on the opposite side. So if I'm looking at the bed, I'm on the left side. If I'm laying in the bed, I'm on the right side. Okay. Weird. Okay. Well, why is that weird? <laughs> it's just the wrong side, so. I don't, I, <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Could... Actually, I don't have a side preference. I just want to be on whatever side of the room is closest to the window, not the door. Oh, see. No. So my entire adult life, I've slept on the left side. Okay. So you care more about side than location in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I don't care if I'm by the window or not. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm a total window preference because when we lived in a different house, the room layout was flipped. So then I was on the other side of the bed because, like, 
I just care more about where I am in the room versus side of the bed. I see. If there's an intruder, they'd get the closer person first. Exactly. Even though I know that that's ridiculous. And if there's an intruder, we're all waking up. But still. <laughs> also, I think it's partially because, you know, my sister and I shared a room growing up. Well, I don't know if you know that. But my sister and I shared a room growing up and I slept on the window side of our bedroom and she was on the door side. So it's also just always been my side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You don't have to defend it. I'm just saying. And another reason. (laughs) (laughs) So for waking up on the wrong side of the bed, basically throughout history, the left side of anything was considered to be evil. So, like, there's another one that this kind of ties back to your ears are burning. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes. Like, someone's talking about you. So, they believed because left was evil, right was good. If your left ear was burning, that's when someone was talking shit about you. When your right ear was burning, that's when someone was talking about you, but they were being nice. Oh, interesting. Right. So going back to the bed, waking up on the left side of the bed is considered a sign of bad luck. So a lot of house owners back in the day would push the left sides of beds to the corners so guests could only get up on the right side of the bed. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. But the thing now I'm very, very confused about, which side is the left side? Yeah, is it when you're looking at the bed or when you're laying in the bed? Right, it could be a critical decision. Yeah, I mean, I would guess if they wanted them to exit the bed on the right, it's probably from the perspective of laying in bed. Yeah, you're right. Like, if you want to crawl out on the right side, you're the one waking up and you want to exit right. Right. So you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I wake up on the right side of the bed. Correct. Maybe that's why I'm so evil. (laughs) We figured figured it out, folks. We can end end it there. Okay. Have you ever heard of the term butter someone up? Yes. How would you use it? Almost kind of like you're smoozing them, you're warming them up. Maybe you want something for them. You're going to ask them to do something for you. There's so much shoulder action. (laughs) I know. In this explanation. (laughs) That's exactly how I would describe it. So this one came from ancient India where people used to throw balls of butter at statues of gods in order to seek favors. (laughs) Um, Delicious. They would like literally just pelt these stones with butter. If I was ever a god, please throw butter and bread and cheese at me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Toast it too, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. This next one is really funny because my mom says this all of the time. Hi, Dan's mom. Honestly, I've never understood what it meant. Like, I heard this growing up so many times, but I was like, what does that mean? So it's get one's goat. I don't know if I've heard that. Basically, get one's goat means to annoy or irritate someone. Oh, okay. Well, then that explains a lot. (laughs) Why? If your mom was constantly saying it, and the three of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got her goat all the time, right? (laughs) So the origin is kind of funny. Racehorses would get really anxious before the race, so they would put goats in the stall to like keep the horse company and to calm down the horse. Oh, wow. Like a pet. <laughs> yeah. So like your horse would be, you know, all anxious. You'd put a goat in your bin in your little pen or whatever. And <laughs> in the bin, <laughs> you'd walk away. 
than me, I own a different horse and I want to beat you. So I would sneak into your stall and I would steal your goat so that your horse got anxious again and then would lose the race. Daniel, leave my goat alone. Interesting. Huh? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, just two more. Spill the beans. Have you heard that one? Oh, yeah. Like when you accidentally tell a secret or say something you shouldn't say. Yes. This one came from ancient Greece. Citizens would vote for like candidates and for politicians using beans. So you'd put a white bean into the jar of the candidate that you liked, and you put a black bean into the jar of the candidate you don't like. But every once in a while, a clumsy little Grecian would come and accidentally knock over the jar and all the beans would spill out and people would see who everyone was voting for. Oh, interesting. Also, why don't you just put a bean in the jar of the candidate you want and no bean in the other one? Well, maybe to keep it private. So you you know. Oh, have to put a bean in each jar. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So yeah. it's not so obvious. You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. Last one. Don't throw baby out with the bathwater. I don't get this one. I have no idea. No. And after I explained this to you, you're going to be like, that's even worse. Okay. Well, let's see. It basically means when you throw away something valuable accidentally at the same time that you're throwing away trash. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, but I can't think of like a reason I'd ever use that term. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, when does that come up? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I haven't said it myself. But the origin is from the 16th century. Apparently, people didn't bathe very often, which, fine. It's right. okay. No judgment. But when they did bathe, all of the family would bathe at the same time in this... Well, not at the same time, but using the same water. Ew. So... Yeah, the men of the family, they bathed first, and then the women, and then the children, and then finally, yeah, I know, I roll. <laughs> Come on, why can't ed- the women go first every once like, in a while? Like, let's just take turns. Like, it's my turn yeah. to go first, next time it's your right. turn to go first. Well, and we all know showering's more fun when you do it with someone else, so. Obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, so go down the line, men, women, children, and then the very last people to be bathed, where arguably would probably, you'd want have like the cleanest because they're little immune systems, but um, the babies. So babies were very last to bathe. And at the very end, the water would be so brown and murky that women had to be careful not to throw the baby out when they went to toss the bathwater. So are they just (laughs) leaving the baby in the tub? Is the baby drowning? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like you just plop your baby and you like scrub (laughs) up. Yeah. And then you like how many kids and how many babies do you have where you don't recognize if one of your babies is currently submerged in murky brown water? Right. You're like, oh, I put this baby in the tub. I never took it out. We know my husband did it because he's not doing jack shit. Yeah. No. Huh. I should probably take my baby out before it drowns in this nasty right. brown water. Yeah. Just I need to make sure I don't throw the baby out with the bath water, you know? Yeah. I don't like this one. I don't get this one. I don't know when we'd ever use this. <laughs> well, email us at 24 hour expert. No, okay. At AOL.com because I never checked that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to end on one of the most fun things I've ever found on the internet. 
ever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is huge. So this whole episode's feeling like a listicle, so I'm sorry, but... A what? A listicle, you know? No. Like a BuzzFeed article. It's not an article. It's a listicle. Oh. Just a list of things. I've never heard that before. Okay. Well, I didn't get that feeling. I think this has been so fun. Okay. Well, there are some words in, or phrases in other languages that don't translate to English because we don't have a word for it in English. Yeah, that's always so crazy to me when I hear stuff like that. So I went through a list of words in foreign languages that don't translate well to English, and I want to share with you my favorite. Okay, yes. And I'm just going to say, out of the seven or so on this list, the Germans are knocking it out of the park. (laughs) Okay, all right. All right, so the first one is German. It's word, oh, again, I don't have to say this, but I'm not pronouncing any of these correctly, so whatever. Okay. Right. So (laughs) don't be annoying. Obviously, I'm not saying it correctly. So German, first one, uh, the word is kummerspeck or kummerspeck. It translates to grief bacon, which basically refers to any weight you gain because you've been eating excessively because you're sad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, we need a word for that. So there you go. Kummerspeck. Grief bacon. Dan, I'm so kummerspeck. (laughs) So (laughs) kummerspeck. Okay. This next one is uh, Indonesian. And the word is menkalek. And essentially, it's that thing where you tap someone on the opposite shoulder to get them to look in the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome that there's a name for that somewhere. (sighs) Not to be outdone, Hawaiian has a word called panapo'o. And it's basically that thing where you scratch your head to help you remember something. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Next one, again, comes from the Germans. I think everyone's heard this one. Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude? So it literally translates to damage joy. And it's essentially the joy you feel when another person is experiencing pain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's good. (laughs) Okay. The next one is Scottish. The word is tartle. And it's the moment right before introducing someone, but you can't remember their name. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, constantly. I'm just hoping if I'm like, hi, this is my friend Dan, the person will fill in their name. Tartle. Oh, my God. I can't believe these words are so funny. Okay. This next one, this is the last one for German. It is Backpfeifergeist or Backpfeifergeist. Basically, it refers to someone who has a face that is just asking to be punched or slapped. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, we all know those people. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I there are some faces out there you just want to punch. I hope I don't have one of them. Okay, here's the last one. <laughs> this one is Japanese. <laughs> the word is bakushan. And it's it's when a woman appears to be pretty from behind, but not from the front. Oh, that's so mean, but it's so funny. Bakushan. I remember that one. Be like, oh my god, she's so Bakushan. Bakushan. I thought we had something like that though. Oh, butterface. 
that's not nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Allie. That's your knowledge. You're free to forget it. Do with it what you will. And if I got anything wrong, you can always email us. Email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. It's also our website, our Facebook, and our Instagram. You can find us there. Bakushan. That's so mean. Don't say that to me. (laughs) Groomer spec. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.